Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. This is Andy Anatko welcoming you to this, the epic, episode 286 of the Material Podcast. And with us, as always, gratefully, wonderfully, celestially, is Florence Ion. Flo, Hi, how are you Andy. Hi. Uh, I'm okay. You know what? I got to tell you, this is ridiculous. Um... I really thought that we were over okay, and and I apologize for how this is going to maybe sound, but I really thought that we were over the whole like scrabbling to find the gift for the holidays. And granted, I'm not having a giant holiday blowout this year because you absolutely should not in the midst of a pandemic. But I was trying to get a nice little present for my brother. Uh now he he doesn't listen, unfortunately, to this podcast. <laughs> so I'm not worried about spoiling, but I've been looking all over. For a freaking panini press. I have up to 30 mile radius from my house trying to find a panini press. I couldn't find it at the online retailers. Couldn't find it through Amazon. It's back ordered into January. Couldn't find it at Best Buy. Couldn't find it at Bed Bath & Beyond. And I'm not just talking about like one specific kind. I'm talking about basically... Any panini press that has been featured in like a wire cutter or a New York mag article. Any sort of like top five. It's sold out uh, at all at all the usual places that you would go shop for one. And I am just this year, I guess I'm just giving gift cards <laughs> to to the select few that I was going to get presents for anyway, because it's like it's such a tight year. And I know that me talking about this is like, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of economic things going on this year. But in the midst of that, it is kind of interesting to see what's been sold out. And I guess everybody has been making hot sandwiches at home. That's that's what I sort. It's I told my friend about this, and he's like, "Well, it's I guess everybody just wanted to make their own cubanos." It's like, but is that many people want to make cubanos? Because if you're not making a cubano, then you're just making a soggy sandwich. Like, I'm sorry to tell you, a panini press is really not. Well, you're magic. You're 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 missing a part of the part of the ethnicity here. Uh, oftentimes, a sandwich press also can double as a pizzelli press. So, like, you just take the plates and you flip them over and you're making Italian pizzelis. So, or at least that's, that's how my pizzelli press works. So, perhaps, like, the, the rush to make pizzelis has sort of inflicted itself upon your ability to make grilled cheese sandwiches and cubanos and uh, another sort of stuff that you would pay way too much for at Panera Bread. Okay, speaking of Panera Bread, you know, Andy, I worked there in college. No, I, I worked there. I worked at Panera Bread for a year and a half. Uh, I worked all sorts of positions. I was at the cashier. I was a runner. Uh, and I also worked in the back on the Crispanis because they had a flatbread time, which they're bringing back as pizza, I guess, because of this whole pandemic delivery food pickup thing. Uh, and I used to do a lot of experiments because we, if we didn't sell enough, at the end of the day, the food would just be thrown away, which... <sighs> yeah, that's a whole other discussion we can have. They did donate all of the leftover like pastries and things. Um, but yeah, so the dough would just be thrown away. So what I would do is I would just make all sorts of concoctions with the oven in the back. We're, you know, all leftover ingredients like chicken and sauce and cheese and all that. And you just I just had a very visceral like memory of doing that and wasting time waiting to close. <sighs> Did you ever like bake a a portrait of your favorite nine hundred two one zero characters as like rye bread? No, I made a lot of hearts though. 
I made a, you know, a lot of heart-shaped pizzas. I made a lot of calzones. Good. <laughs> so anyway, this is not about me. How are you doing, Andy? Um, how's that koala doing down under? I'm sorry I said it like that, by the way, to all the Australians <laughs> who are listening. I'm I'm really sorry. It's okay. We'll 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 we'll, we'll just, I'll I'll, I'll It's it okay up. to you, but you're American, so <laughs> we might get some hate mail after that. I'm just saying. I honestly don't know how to go from there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I stumped Andy. You no, know, you know it's bad if I'm stumping Andy. Uh <laughs> It's like a it's it's like a week and a half before Christmas. We're not. I know. We're 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 frazzled. Even, even it's a week and a half before Christmas, on. and I took on all the deadlines I possibly could. <laughs> Sorry, we're not talking about me. But anyway, well, um, see, I, I, so I, I'm ex- I'm expecting like sort of a blessed delivery that was supposed to arrive today, but didn't arrive today. Oh, really? Just uh, so one of uh, last week's after dinner meant. Was see, this the, coincides with what was just happening with me and the shipping delays. Go on. Yeah, well, and it's, and it's understandable because as as we speak, a a, a mega storm of, uh, of of biblical, and I'm talking Old Testament biblical proportions, is 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 hovering its way down Zamboni like uh, across up the eastern seaboard towards here in New England. Only it is the anti Zamboni, and that instead of removing ice and leaving things clean and perfect, it is actually making things rougher and snowier. Uh, down here is we're not supposed to get snow for another like three or four hours but once it starts we're not going to get stoppage until friday so i understand if packages are a little bit late but the thing is so last week as our after dinner met we talked about uh that ad- adorable koala who decided to let himself into a house uh, in, in adelaide in australia and you know, made itself at home in the family christmas tree thinking that hey here's a tree I bet that this is this is doubly the reason why I'm, I'm I bet I'm welcome in here because they set up a koala tree just for me to climb and just and be discovered hanging out in and looking adorable in and uh, the our, our show was over the recording was over about uh, five minutes by the time I had located a sixteen inch mm-hmm. uh, stuffed koala mm-hmm. uh, toy uh, on eBay and I, ordered I was witness. Koala. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, I, I did uh, not see. Not only did I do that, but I was also proud enough of it that I had to send screenshots to Flo as yes, corroborating yes. that. I was, as soon as I got the, uh, as soon as the idea hit my head of hey, hey, that's what's missing from my Christmas tree: an adorable large koala, just sort of comfortably just hugging the trunk of the tree, as though yes, this is of course this is where I belong. Now the picture that was offered with that story, uh, the koala was not wearing a Santa Claus hat. I have corrected that uh, in the uh, in a subsequent Amazon.com order. So I have the hat for the koala. I do not have the koala yet. So as a result, I'm looking at the tree and I'm thinking, I've taken all the spaceships off of that side of the tree to make sure there's enough room for the koala. But now I have no koala. So now the, the tree is just completely unbalanced. And the, the chi of the entire decoration motif it. is just, or feng shui, the, the feng shui chi. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm saying that I got I don't I don't, I don't got no qual on the tree. That's yeah. it's not bothering me. I'm just saying that I wish that it would my my, my life would be a lot better right now, uh, as this terrible terrible masterful hurricane of snow and blizzardiness uh, settling down on New England, that a, a part of the country that has had 
it's so beaten from it in so many different ways. Uh, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're still getting over. No, I'm. I, I don't see. I just feel as though this is this is my. This I know, it's is just my, the visceral like imagery of soul beaten. Like when you anyway, I'm I'm in, I'm in there. My, I'm mind there. you, we do we have had it coming for a while uh, as a, as a region. We tend to be rather mouthy, uh, and we do a lot of that sort of like posing, yeah. saying "Come at me, bruh." And then sometimes the bra does come at you and then you have to run away. But uh, I'm just saying I wish I just wish I had a koala with me right now. It would it yeah. would help me quite a, quite a bit. I feel that. I think that this year I've just kind of given up on my... No, I have not given up. That's not true. Because I am still like... The house is decorated. It's almost complete. I still need to do like the front entrance area um, for the three UPS people I'll see in the next... Uh, nine days um you know but beyond that i haven't you know usually i do a lot of crafting around this time of year i really like to reuse bits and pieces so like sometimes i'll have broken pieces or sometimes i'll just want to like change you know my aesthetical change or i'll trying to build more of like a european christmas theme in my living room so seriously it's it's like i you know i love I love a European Christmas market so much. The other day I put on just B-roll of European Christmas markets. And it was just like, <laughs> it was really just making me look forward to when I can do that in person with Mona, whether it's a European Christmas market here in the Bay Area or whether it's like one overseas. I don't know. But for me, just to have like those sort of little bits that I'm holding on to is kind of helping. And I'm just giving myself a break if I'm not, you know, our tree this year, we had to buy at the mall. They, they shut down the usual place where we get it. Uh, there is a, uh, you know, a leaning tree in my living room. That's another thing that I've had to sort of, like, we just were like, screw it. It's also too tall, which some might see like, what's the problem with that? But we, we kind of, misjudged when we bought it so but you know it just is what it is and everybody's getting gift cards this year then that's okay okay that's all right uh, have, have you locked have, have you twigged onto the idea of like making like handcrafted like popsicle like santas and claiming it's from the infant like here is a gift from the infant we put, googly, not... we put googly eyes on it, this popsicle stick and made this little like construction paper santa hat and yeah, I know. It's just it's just because it's been a rough year. So you want to like you want to give something with a little bit of value to be like, let me help you kind of make it over this hump until the vaccine is more globally available to everybody. So that's kind of where we are right now. Um, I'm I'm talking about it because I feel like we it's good to kind of put a face to it a little bit. because I feel like it, it has been a really rough time. And I think just admitting that it's kind of hard is. It's almost Christmas. I can't believe it's almost Christmas. God. And we're all Hanukkah is almost over. It's anyway. What else we got in the docket? <laughs> uh, well, I just I just I just wanted to justify my purchase of a Google Home Max. Uh, uh, originally, I completely originally, thought of you when this news piece came out. Or, by the originally way. released at four hundred dollars. I was mentioning a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Black Friday sales that it was on sale for $150 from the Google store, which would tend to indicate either that, my God, Google is just so behind this product and its future that they want every household to have one so that when this Black Friday sale is over, 
Your friends are going to be coming over, singing the carols with a speaker, and they're going to be wanting, oh, I would love to pay full price for this. Or or on the flip side, perhaps they had already decided they were never going to be making any more of these, and they just needed to blow out inventory. Turns out it was the latter of those two. But that, but that was fine because if it's uh, as uh, the, the Google gave a, a direct statement to The Verge about this, saying, "Yeah, we're not making any more of these. However, please be rest assured that it will still be uh, a smart speaker. It will still be a Chromecast thing. It will still work with Bluetooth and not in and and uh, via copper copper wire connections. And it will always be support. Excuse me, not." Probably not always, but if for the foreseeable future, it's going to be supported with software updates. So, congratulations! Enjoy your big honking uh, shoebox size speaker. Uh, I I still think that it's going to be giving me much better sound than the dinky little like loaf yep. of bread speakers are going to get me simply by volume. <laughs> loaf of bread speakers, I like that. Uh, absolutely, it. Uh, somebody had posted a comparison to the Apple Hi-Fi speaker thingamajig that they had for the iPod like way back in the day. Grapefruit. Yeah. Well, and it just made me think about people like us. (laughs) People listen to our podcast. We hold on to these things, not just because they're relics of a time gone by, but also because they're really good. And just because a product doesn't take off like to Samsung size enormity of sales does not mean it's not a valid product. I think the Google Home Max was just way too niche for... I mean, people were not going to Google for stereo hi-fi sound. They're going to the brands that they've trusted, especially if you are already a sound person. So it it is what it is. But for the foreseeable future, I will have the Max will remain in my dining room because, God, that thing really fills up a room. It's a great jazz speaker. It's a great, like, dinner ambiance (laughs) speaker. I love it. I love our little dinners that we have in there because of that speaker. And it looks really good in there too. So, you know, we got to give Google credit for that. They made this stuff look good, good enough that you just put it out. Yeah. And without, and without necessarily calling attention to how, how, how good it is, it looks, it looks like a damn speaker. And I think that's a good part of its styling. It doesn't try to be again, a, a cantaloupe. It is just look <laughs> rounded edges. It, it looks kind of weird vertically because I have them vertically in, uh, as a stereo setup, but I'll I'll deal with that. I can deal with that. It's because you're supposed to have a DJ table in the middle, Andy, and a yeah. bunch of like, and then you know it's the DJ table is covered by like all the you know the beatboxing, dancing people making TikToks. Okay, I'm sorry, I took that too Two far. Two smart speakers and some microphones, and uh-huh. you can never turn off because it's always monetizing everything that you say and you think about, so we can attach ads to it. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, you know, I don't think that it, it was a pretty gutsy move to begin with. When I when I look over uh, at my at my bedroom speakers there and think that at the original price and granted they were only they only sold them for three hundred ninety nine dollars for a very short period of time before they realized that 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 wasn't that wasn't working but when I look at that and thinking that they were they were proposing this as hey and if you buy two you can have stereo speakers thinking that that is technically speaking what they consider eight hundred dollars worth of speakers to be and. Uh, I'm, I'm, they're great. I just think that you can, if I, if my goal was to spend $800 on speakers, I could probably get higher quality speakers than that. Uh, okay, granted, they wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't have a built in amplifier and a built in what, what's it, but it's, 
uh, you know, built an assistant. Yeah. See, the, the, the thing is to, to get me to, to trick me into buying stuff, you have to make sure that you don't accidentally get me thinking about this as an entire higher product category than what it is. A smart speaker that, hey, I've, I've spent $100, $150 for smart speakers, and that, that's just, I don't even have to think about it. This is a computer accessory that lets me get the weather while I'm while I'm getting dressed in the, in the morning and listen listen to music and stuff like that. It's not part of a hi-fi. I would never spend $800 on stereo speakers. What, a, what an extravagance that would be. But if you trick me into thinking that I'm just getting like a Google gadget, sure. And we were tricked. Yes, <laughs> this is a good time. Well, but okay, but but then but then again, look, I I'm the I'm the guy who didn't buy until there were. Uh, I bought the first one at three hundred bucks, the first pi- price drop. The second one when it was on some sort of a Black Friday sale for like one ninety nine, and I bought the third only because it was one hundred and fifty. And and full God's disclosure, sake, mine is still a review unit, so <laughs> just be honest. All, and they're all matching colors, of course. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, uh, we have, let's uh, let's uh, have we'll take a little break, and we'll come back with uh, uh, Google having another bad week. Uh, just really, really, someone just you got to make sure those Ethernet cables are plugged in until you hear that click. Don't I know that? People who work at Google try that, uh, and uh, we'll we'll be back after this. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code material at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of RelayFM. Well, I had a, a moment of panic and then relief earlier. Uh, you earlier and everyone week, else, well, no, well, me, me, me specifically, because... Uh, I was watching uh, shortly. I was having dinner around six six thirty, watching YouTube as usual, mm-hmm. and suddenly YouTube stopped working and signed me out, and I couldn't like get the app working again. And I thought, ah, damn it, just stupid Google Chromecast with Chromecast no, with Google TV. Why the hell did I waste money on this when I had the the Me Box that was working perfectly fine? Should never have bought this stupid but a piece of crap and. Imagine my relief to find out that the uh, I had a, I paid for it with including like a twenty three twenty four dollar credit I had at the Google Store for having bought no actually a a, a thirty five dollar credit from having bought the Pixel Four A so I actually only spent fifteen dollars for it but I was really really steamed that I might have thrown fifteen dollars of actual money away on this piece of junk piece of garbage dongle that doesn't even work and can't even like keep youtube running imagine my relief when i found out that oh no the dongle is working fine you your 15 dollars was well invested it's just that every google service worldwide is having a huge meltdown right now and nothing is working that's all so i mean 
yes, everybody else in the planet who is counting on like Google Meet to have an important meeting or Google Classroom apps to uh, have uh, in, in-house learning, or perhaps you're trying to drive an pr- important presentation uh, using uh, Google Workspace uh, uh, presentation tools. Yeah, you are pretty, be- pretty well T-boned by that. But let's think about it for me. My $15 was still a very, very good investment. Yes, they had uh, Google had a bit of a kerfuffle. Uh, perhaps a bit of a snickety barney boo, as they might say in parts of Australia that I've made up in my mind. Uh, We're going to get a lot of angry letters after this, but keep going. <laughs> oh, Flo, don't, don't worry. People should not be angry with you for any reason. Everything everything you've been saying up to this point has been absolutely wonderful. Uh, folks, don't don't send angry letters to Flo. Okay, because she she's just everything she does is just absolutely terrific. I, I was taking a nap during this outage, so I didn't feel it. Eh, that's sorry. okay. I think I, I I think part of us is always taking naps. It's kind of a defense mechanism, so that it's it's like how you partition your brain. Monday so was very hard, and I just so happened I when I woke up from a nap, everybody on Twitter was complaining about not being able to work, and I was like. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was it's it's unusual. It's it's also fun when you go to the the services to tell you, hey, is this is this service up or down? And it goes to and the page of Google down. Apps, and everything <laughs> is it's like flatlined red uh, from left to right. Every single Google service. Uh, so yeah, for uh, so so what happened? What happened was that for fifty fifty minute five zero minute period on Monday night. All Google services that required any kind of authentication were inaccessible, either all at once or at one point or another. And this really went to uh, it. It spread in terms of it, it, you. You learn all the all the things that happen to need Google authentication, like a lot of smart home devices, like Nest thermostats, were also inaccessible. Uh, there was. There was a heartbreaking. Now I, I read part of this. I thought that I thought that whoever wrote this story that uh, they someone had uh, come across a tweet, a very poignant uh, tweet by like a father say, with a, a picture of like a darkened room. It's like I'm here with my with my child in a dark room and I can't turn the lights on because my smart speaker doesn't work because of the outage or uh, my I think. And I'm like, dude, that means you get up, you walk towards the light. You turn it on manually, which is something you can always do, whether you've got the smart speaker or not. Again, I'm 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 glad you got it was a, it was a cool picture. Night sight definitely paid off. At least Google was still thinking about you at this time of life. But it was it was a bummer. Uh, also, not only that, but uh, The Verge was reporting that a lot of third party apps and services that rely on Google for back end services, uh, including Pokemon Go, were also affected. Affected users in the United States and Japan, all the way across the globe. Uh, and uh, the good news is that the Google search and ad delivery were not affected at all. Now, you could say that that's because... No, the good the, news is the money was not affected. They were still... While, <laughs> while, while you were desperately hitting the web to find out what the hell was going on, uh, the in the sidebar, you were still getting targeted ads. Don't worry. That part of... There, there's, there's, there, that, that part, part of the runs on a is, generator. That's the, that's the secondary that's the secondary brain in the in the brontosaurus's butt that makes sure that ads will always be served and the tap of money will always be flowing. Did the brontosaurus have two, two brains? 
Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure that that research has been invalidated. But when I was a tiny little kid, like in in your in the in the like uh, seven year old uh, Andy Anatko get this dinosaur book for for his birthday book, it would say that. And a fun fact about the brontosaurus is that yeah, the brontosaurus is so big that he actually has to have a second brain. And they didn't say in his butt, but we all knew it was in his butt just to control its tail. And it's not even a, a, a oh, it, what, it used to be Google a it, by the way. It will autofill just right. by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so anyway. So anyway, uh, so all all Google Cloud and Google Workspace apps were down for that 15 minutes, uh, five zero minutes on Monday. Uh, and was this an issue affecting Google's identity management and authentication system, uh, according to the official Google Cloud status dashboard report post hoc Ergo, Propter Hawk, uh, quote, the root cause was an issue in our automated quota management system, which reduced capacity for Google's central identity management system, causing it to return errors globally. As a result, we couldn't verify that user requests were authenticated and served errors to our users. So it was overloaded and couldn't handle requests. This was not a pleasant... uh, uh, yes, they did get everything up and running at the same time, but this is a bad time to have that kind of error. At the same time, it's being revealed that a, a Russian intelligence back hacking operation had successfully manipulated uh, the Treasury Department and t- hundreds and hundreds of other government agencies. Uh, it would be not totally ridiculous to leap to a conclusion that perhaps this was part of a global threat against all that we hold dear, i.e. our ability to go to Google Photos and pull up pictures of kitties. I was hoping it was a global strike is what I was hoping it was. But, you know, just considering like a new worker, new new workers revolution. Yep. Why not? Why can't we have the worker revolution be virtual or digital? Those are the things that we hold dear now. This that's where people live. Sorry. Throw, throw, throw down your mouses. You have nothing to lose but your bandwidth. Or, yeah. Listen, it's coming. Let's just let's just say it's coming. I know it's coming. Come Workers on. Workers still but, control the means of production, by the way. Exactly. But, yeah, that's that what was, I'm trying to say. Yeah. But that's that, that was just part one of a bad week for, for Google. We're recording on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, yesterday, they had a huge problem with Gmail. Uh, the quote here is, we're aware of a problem with Gmail affecting a significant subset of users. The affected users are able to access Gmail, but are seeing error messages, high latencies, and or other unexpected behavior. Unexpected behavior, including such inconveniences as emails bouncing instantly. Uh, Proton Mail service was claiming that uh, email that's being sent to some Gmail addresses were getting lost forever. Uh, in many cases, and this is the kind of scary thing for people who uh, who were having this experiencing these outages that the uh the server was throwing off an error code saying that oh well uh this this gmail address doesn't exist not oh i have i'm having a problem contacting uh, the gmail server or i'm having a problem like resolving this this email address it says no this address does not exist in gmail anywhere 
So that would kind of make your corporate email system say, oh, then I will totally delete this from the, all corporate databases because I certainly don't want us to waste time uh, sending email to a co- completely defunct email address. So a lot of people are rather bummed about this. That might... Uh... That might explain why my in- yeah that explains why my inbox was so. There's some conversations coming through today, and I'm like, huh? I wonder if that was a result of it. Either way, my goodness, this was like this was chaotic. I, if I recall, some of this outage was happening Sunday as well, or at least I I don't maybe I my timeline is off, but it's definitely this is definitely a major reminder of just. I forget how deep the Google network goes even. I mean, I know for sure of the Amazon one just because I know that they have their back end, but I I kind of forget to include Google into that list too. And then when this happens, it really makes me a little uh makes me a little flustered because we talk so much about at the larger, broader conversation right now is about how to regulate, better regulate tech and how to break it up. And I feel like we keep looking at the macro, which is to like break up the companies, you know, buying up each other and gobbling up each other and all that. But we're not looking at the micro, which is the fact that a lot of our internet and our network that we have in this world is run on this tech basis. I mean, it's, it's no different than the big brands that exist in the brick and mortar world, you know, think like Coca-Cola, Ford, right? Like all these brands, it's just online. It's Google, Amazon, Facebook. And when something goes down, look to Fang to see which one is down. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is, this is why, this is why Apple is not at the focus of a lot of this attention. Yes, of course, find the app stores. It'd be nice if they, if they had a they're direct to consumer if you think about it yeah but but what what i'm getting at is that if apple uh, were wished into the cornfield if it suddenly went away uh as though it it had never existed to begin with um we would we would miss having these really cool phones uh that seem to work very very well but we would still be able to navigate we would st- people who rely on free email would still have their email classrooms would still be able to do uh, their classwork That's because right. they, they worked at Google Classwork. The, the the fact of the matter is that there are very very few things that Apple has built that the world truly relies upon. Whereas you take Google out of the picture, we have given we've handed over responsibility for so much infrastructure over to Google, and as you point out, Amazon. Uh, so much of uh, the web, uh, so much of what what happens on the web is being handled by Amazon Web Services. So if Amazon were to get attacked and be shut down or get get all get all squirrely on us, that's another big chunk of the web. We legitimately hate Facebook. We are we are programmed to because we are programmed for to to. And be yet, I'm in the Instagram logic. matrix all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and the problem is that for so many parts of the world. Facebook is the internet. And so if you were to take Facebook away, they suddenly don't have what they consider. And for me, socially, Instagram is my social thread that I have right now. It's how I'm interacting with my friends on a daily basis. Like I'm taking time to be on Instagram because I know that's where I can post memes that my friends will see because I can't see them in person right now and have the interaction. This was also kind of the point I was trying to make last week with the coronavirus testing and just having like a Verily, Project Baseline behind that, because even though this is all data that's being collected for 
the quote unquote greater good, it's being collected by a private company. It's not going into like a publicly owned, uh, per- person owned public database. It's going into a privately owned, corporate owned yeah. public database. Uh, and this is the problem with the internet is that's exactly it. It's a public service that's private, that is really privately owned. God, I was even having this conversation today. This has been coming up a lot in general vernaculars. Even having this convo today in an Instagram message with my friend about old versus new internet uh, because we were we were talking about how to like watch free content, okay? <laughs> and uh, I was just telling her about this this move to try and localize your media again, something we've been talking about, something a lot of other podcasts and articles have been talking about lately because of how everything has become streaming, everything's become cloud-based. And so this is just another reminder of why that's something that is pushing some of us to go back to the way of the localized, you know, content. And But it's not something that a lot of people... And in this case, it's not something anybody has any control over. Google Classrooms, all that. Like, they all told us, come use our, come use our things. They're free. We'll give you all the tools you need. Yeah, and it, and it works out. But the, the the problem of giving things away for free is that um, we we uh, our institutions sort of lose the awareness that perhaps we should be able to own and control yeah, the things that we're actually relying on the the and sure the power companies and the water companies and the sewage companies uh, a lot of them are private companies but the thing is they are regulated like utilities yep. so they have amazing responsibilities that they 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 don't have the option of not wiring up a house that wants electricity and mm-hmm. they have obligations to keep power actually up and running and they have uh, they have regulations as to what they can charge for it and what the kind of customer service people can expect whereas if google the the google graveyard they just keep digging more and more graves if they if they decided that well google classroom was fun but we're kind of bored with it we have this new idea of this new ai model of uh, of developing flowers that we're really excited about and we want to put everybody from the google classroom team on the google buds team like, this is why we need to I feel like the next big wave in Silicon Valley and I think it's going to I am hoping this is what happens after the vaccine after we sort of try you know kind of level ourselves out a little bit as a society is I would love to see more investments in sort of centralized locally owned services so imagine like an educational system that could be owned by the school district that implements it you know what i mean maybe i'm thinking a little too like in the clouds right now uh because i am thinking more as an idealist right now not so much as a technologist but i as you were talking about google classroom it was just going gears were turning in my head wouldn't it be great to have a startup that comes through and is like Hey, we'll install this. You know, I mean, you still have to sell the installation of the product, but imagine if you could, it's like having an IT department teaching people who are, you know, employed by the school district to take care of. I don't know. Anyway, it's just. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so easy to just take what is offered that we, you become, you become dependent on that. Yeah. Especially school systems that are struggling to, struggling struggling to have to put uh, books on every table on every desk well, yeah not not just that but have like u.s history books that recognize both a north and a south dakota 
So it's it's important. That there, or that we no longer call it the money. USSR. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was well, actually that was the- <laughs> it's like, well, that may, maybe that was actually forward thinking. If you just wait another couple of years, it'll be Mo- Moscow went away. Then Moscow came back again. Moscow was democracy. And then it wasn't again. See, sometimes you just wait, stay put. <sighs> What goes around comes around, especially when you have a former spy master as your as your uh, as your uh, president for life uh, installed. But yeah, so we it's definitely a I, I on the macro level to, re- to return to my activity on Monday night because I have a media server. I make I make a point of every time there is like a CD or a movie that I really really like, I will buy it, I will rip it, I will have it present. That means that if this snowstorm were to knock out my cable, knock out my internet for a couple of days. You got stuff to do. Yeah, I I can I can I can still watch stuff. I've I don't this this isn't I'm not I'm not I don't have sort of like a media prepper sort of mentality, but I have been finding myself <laughs> Like buying paper, <laughs> actual dead treeware books. Media not, prepping. I love that yeah. so much. That's an amazing, that I, I've been doing the same thing though. Why do you think I have all these volumes of Melrose Place sitting over here unripped? Because I, I have every intention of ripping them to my personal library. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, but yeah, but so, so we are, we are untouchable. We can, we can, so to speak, but it's uh, when we, when we realize that our soft, the software that we run everything on is not ours, it was never ours to begin with. And so once it gets taken away, even our favorite games and games are as important as music and movies these days that if they decide to, okay, we're done with this Marvel superheroes phone game now. Uh, so we're, we're pulling the plug on the servers. And so, nope, this will never exist. There will only exist in lore and legend and, and Twitch streams from now on. Uh, we we have to understand that we don't. It's it's important to own certain things, and particularly when it concerns infrastructure that we are basing all of our communications on, and even much of our education on. Uh, we should probably consider what life could be like without these things, because we that is going to happen at some point, whether we like it or not. Um, so we'll, we'll 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 muse on that as the the indifference of the universe to our suffering. Uh, as we as we uh, go to this break and prepare uh, for Google's latest acquisition that I'm sure Congress is going to be absolutely completely on board with. So uh, Google has made a really cool acquisition, uh, but the acquisition is not the news story, the actual end effects of the acquisition. Google has, uh, with this acquisition, announced that or admitted that they intend to make Chrome OS available to PCs and Macs on an official basis. Uh, the There's a company called Neverware. You might be aware that they make a product called Cloud Ready OS. This was a, uh, a uh, Chromium-based build of Chrome OS that you could then install on an old Mac uh, or an old PC, ideally a Mac or PC laptop. Okay. That would re- re- replace the built-in operating system okay. and essentially turn these older... A weekend project, Yeah, it was, as, well, as I would call it. Yes, it wasn't actually. I I installed the the home edition. It was it was intention for education and enterprise, essentially to take whatever old laptops that are no longer being supported by right. uh, Microsoft or Apple, and really for all intents and purposes, turn them into Chromebooks. Uh, and I had uh, the the home version was free. They also have a business edition and an educational edition. That, uh, but I I got the home version running on an old uh, an old MacBook, and it was just running perfectly fine. Matter of fact, in many ways, it was. Although I I enjoy putting uh, putting Linux on old laptops, 
and you know, given them a second chance at life. I really do think that Chrome OS is a really, uh, if you really want to take a, a machine that's like five, six, seven years old, still has a great keyboard, still has a great trackpad, has a, like a core duo processor and a, and a great screen and want to be able to do something functional with it. Really, I have to admit that putting Chrome OS on it is much more productive uh, than Linux because Linux will Chrome OS is definitely a basic user operating system for a, a Volks operating system for everybody. Whereas Linux, you there is a bit of a learning curve, and uh-huh. once you have a problem with it, you're gonna have to find someone who can help you out. Exactly. That There's um, no support.google.com. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah. so and so Google's acquired this company, and so it wasn't just uh, we just want the we just want some core technology, and we're gonna kill uh, cloud ready OS. Nope. Uh, it's uh, they've uh, the uh, cloud ready team has put uh, something on their website saying that cloud ready uh, will become an official Google product and uh, the Neverware developer team is going to be part of the Chrome OS team. Ultimately, cloud ready is going to be an official Chrome OS release. So they're probably going to make it a little wow. less, less kludgy. Uh, and this is going to be the official way of getting Chrome OS on uh, on, again, old Mac laptops and old PC laptops. Because uh, it really is a very very solid upgrade, and remember that the difference, mm-hmm. of course, the difference between uh, Apple and Microsoft and and uh, and Intel and 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 Google is that Google doesn't care what hardware you bought. Uh, they make no money when you buy hardware unless you buy Pixel. And <laughs> who's buying Pixel these days? They make the, the but the more installations of a you Google are. OS there are. <laughs> <laughs> the more uh, the the more money they make, so this is very much nothing but upside for them. So that's a, that's a cool thing. I, I really want to see how this shakes out, and I want to see if this lends if this leads Apple to double down, lock down the bootloader of all of their laptops to make sure it's impossible to ever install anything ever other than an Apple signed operating system on this hardware. That is a good point. I am just trying to like, I look at, see, there's a lot of schools that have backed this Neverwhere, which by the way, is kind of a, I don't know how I feel about that, uh, that name, Neverwhere, you know, sounds like vaporware. Anyway, uh, one of the schools is actually nearby here where I live, which is very interesting. So what they're doing is they have a fleet of aging laptops and desktops that were causing their technicians to spend too much time and money managing the Windows environment, along with a limited budget that made it impossible to switch to new Chromebooks. So what they did is they converted old hardware. Interesting. They extended the life of thousands of devices that would have been surplused, saved money for future hardware upgrades, and reduced the burden on the support team while continuing to provide a one-on-one environment for their students. That's really interesting. I did had no idea this was happening. Nope, nope. <laughs> Again, so severely underfunded, underfunded school systems. If they can find a way to recycle, they're going to use it. But, and I was just other- talking about the thing earlier about like installing it. Of course, that stuff costs money. What am I talking yeah. about? Like this does not cost as much money. And the sell for Google is that it gets the kids into the ecosystem, right? I mean, they're already know it as the Google Classroom. So, yeah. and, and the other big upside is that if 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 you have a school system that's limping along by having a, a, an unsupported version of macOS or an unsupported version of Windows, that means that that version of Windows and macOS are no longer well, getting security updates. And, yep, exactly. But if this is, but if you're turning this into a current Chromebook, that means that they're going to be getting modern uh, security updates. What, but wouldn't that be kind of huh. galling, though, 
given that uh, you might you might have spent as much as a thousand dollars on a on a Chromebook, and Google has not promised that you will get lifetime updates for it uh, for uh, for security updates for for Chrome OS. There's a there's an end of life attached to pretty much every one of them. But to know that oh oh that's fine. But if I bought like a if I bought a MacBook like ten years ago, that one gets uh, gets a Chrome OS update twelve years after say. the thing was bought. I was going to say, because they're going to have this team managing it, right? Um, here's a really interesting thing, by the way. They put like a, let's see, who was it that that spoke? Uh, I'm trying to see. Okay, the IT operations manager at the school district near me. Budget was a huge part of the decision because school districts in California are struggling with what was given to them. Just with the cost of Microsoft licensing versus Google licensing, there's a big difference. Because we were utilizing Google for education already, we decided we're halfway there. Let's just become a Google shop instead of having a combination of both. That is an interesting quotation. Now, that is selling the product on the Neverware site, uh... I mean, this is this is good for for helping old devices, but as we have posited from the beginning of this podcast recording, is that it, there's always a a slight little price to pay. And I'm sorry for being that cynical person, but nope, that's nope. kind of my job as a journalist. Is I need to I need to look at all the sides of the coin of this. Um, this is you know, and it also makes me wonder, like, is it fair to just I mean, it's great from an environmental perspective to reuse this old hardware, but is it, does it help, does it help the kids who are using this stay current on technology, if that makes sense? Yeah. I, Even if it's Chrome OS. I would say so, because by the time, by the time they become grownups, whatever they would be using right now is not going to be current anyway, whereas the, the web, like the musical Cats, is indeed now and forever. The musical Cats is forever, and I will always have the memory song in my memory. You know, I used to be able to sing that song before I had my adenoids taken out. Yeah. Yeah, and, I know. And would you? You could, but would you? What? Sing it? Yeah, meaning meaning like where at, at any given moment during the, when Flo is alone in the house, would we be... Midnight and the well, kitties are sleeping. My chorus teacher in sixth grade made us sing it. And so okay, we like that's... learned it. And that's when I learned that I could like hit the notes. And then that summer I had my adenoids out. Oh, yeah. Because they were really inflamed. And then I could no longer sing on pitch. Anyway, it, it, it is a, well. It is a my traumatic. tragedy. It's a it's a traumatic <laughs> thing for especially especially for like uh, kids like me who like were really enjoyed the Glee Club and being in the school musicals and uh, was doing okay as a soprano. But now they've got to. I'm I'm very very proud of my lush rich baritone. However, it was an adjustment to realize that. Suddenly, I could instead of the instead of the like lead like tenor sort of roles, now I was getting like the much more interesting. But really, you don't get you don't get your your, your character's uh, image on the poster if you're a baritone. You're the you're the interesting one that has the the evil plan uh, that is actually at, who whose character actually has motivation as opposed to I'm a cowboy and I'm in love with this woman. Not for any particular reason. It's okay, fine. At least Good. you can still sing. Yes. 
Well, I, again, mostly because I spend most of my, it's, anyway. most of my time alone, so I can sing as loud as I want inside my inside Oh, I do, too. House. That's why Mona just goes, nah, 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 nah. It's really Speaking cute. of being able All to right, do whatever you want topic. inside your inside your house, <laughs> uh, Sundar Pichai uh, has sent an email to employees giving them a little bit more guidance about when they might expect to be coming back to the actual their actual. Oh Google yeah, offices. everyone's talking about this in Silicon and Valley. and on what basis? So the uh, return to return to the Google offices has been postponed a further two months uh, to September of 2021. Not only that, but uh, the bad news and good news. Uh, bad news being that nobody can expect that uh, Google is going to go to a fully like work from home uh, sort of of workspace. However, there they will be experimenting with a flexible work week uh, in countries and jobs in which that's practical. Uh, with, with this experiment, so to speak, employees will be expected to work in the office three days a week and then work from home the other two. Um, quoting from this is from a email uh, again that all staff email that the New York Times uh, got access to. Uh, they don't publish the entire email, but here's a direct quote from that email. Uh, quote, we are testing a hypothesis that a flexible work model will lead to greater productivity, collaboration, and well-being. Bing, bing, bing. So you've got a tic-tac-toe of buzzwords there, productivity, collaboration, and well-being. Uh, Mr. Pichai wrote in an email obtained by the New York Times, quote, no company at our scale has ever created a fully hybrid workforce model, though a few are starting to test it, so it will be interesting to try. Yeah. Listen, folks, I've been working like that for years now. It's I found it's the best way for me to work because I I when I was working in an office, I don't live. I live within quite a commute distance from San Francisco. So having that flexibility really did help my productivity because it meant some days I could just plan to roll out of bed and just write in my pajamas all day. And some, you know, for creative brains, which do exist in the tech sphere, we need to stop thinking that they don't. Sometimes they work better like that. Uh, everybody works differently. And also, guys, the 40-hour work week is antiquated. Okay? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that came from. But yes. <laughs> the, 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 well, actually, also the 40-hour work week in Silicon Valley is sort of notional. <laughs> it's like, we're going to say that you're going to be working 40 hours, but... Believe me, we don't we don't care what island you're on on Saturday. We will find you. We will make you take we will make you sign off on this spreadsheet. One hundred thousand percent. It's not a 40 hour work week in Silicon Valley. It's you are always working, which is another issue uh, for another day. Should we take a little bit of a break and then have a nice little mint to cleanse our palate? A nice little refreshing mint. Something really, really fun and also somewhat Christmasy in in terms of application. We'll be back after this. Well, before we sign off, here's something that you're going to be messing around with from now until, ooh, until you're you're supposed to be in a Zoom call with your family because of some sort of a holiday, uh, and you're trying to make sure that they can't see that you're actually paying attention to this window that I'm about to direct you towards instead of Uncle Tralfaz and and Aunt and Aunt Feather. Uh, talking about the new cat that they got after they lost the other cat. Oh, Andy, that's so sad. (laughs) Gambling. They lost it gambling. The cat is fine. And probably with a much better family that is not going to gamble the cat away, especially drawing on an inside straight like that. It's just, that's rubbish. 
So the two words I'm, I want to plant into your head that are going to transform the next several days of your life. Blob. Andy, by the way, that made opera. me really emotional. Please don't make jokes. I'm sorry. I'll stop. I don't know. I didn't expect for that to make me emotional. For some reason, it did. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, I'm sorry. For I still have postpartum hormones. Okay, there's a lot going on. <laughs> Sorry, how about we? How about you? You, you we, we distract you with something super, super. Yes, adorable. let's go back to the blobs. Go, Google, see, this is how much money Google is making from our personal information and by targeting ads to us. They can just pay somebody to do a research project, uh, <laughs> just simply say, What if we have what if we have like four adorable, big, googly eyed, rubber mouths, mouth, colorful blobs? Uh, what if we were to train an AI to help them to sing opera? Does... They didn't make it into a Pixar movie, so they exactly. went to this casting audition and they got this gig. They're not they're 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 not trying to 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 mess you over by saying no 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 you have to subscribe to our streaming content in order to be able to see this movie. No, they just want you to play with the blob opera uh, and and have fun with it. What what it is is uh, you'll see, if you do a Google search for blob opera, you'll definitely get at it. Uh, how about, but, uh, of course, there's going to be a link to it in the show notes. And after a very, very short amount of training, you see this beautifully lit and rendered set of blobs uh, that you can then, like, by pulling, by stretching them up and, and out, you can make them sing and harmonize. I'm going to be uh, playing the, the soprano here. Hopefully you'll be able to hear this through, uh, uh, through my capture. tenor and a baritone bass I think, here. Uh, and they're going to help harmonize for you uh, now this is you think that this is just like a little noisy thing to play with uh, and it is a noisy thing to play with uh, but it is a machine learning experiment to train a model to sing with an operatic voice uh, here's the, uh, the the blurb about it uh, quote we developed a machine learning model trained on the voices of four opera singers in order to create an engaging experiment for everyone regardless of musical skills and they name <laughs> they name this the the professionally trained uh, opera singers that they that were helping with this tenor you know by the name of no I, I don't recognize their voices but they were probably I might have heard them at some point. Uh, tenor by the name of Christian Joel, a bass Fedri- Frederick Tong, mezzo soprano Joanna Gamble, and soprano Olivia Dutney recorded 16 hours of singing. In the experiment, you don't hear their voices, but the machine learning model's understanding of what opera singing sounds like, based on what it learned, fr- uh, based on what it learned from them. Uh, and I-, I have to say that um, it's, it's you're not going to be hearing like Verdi opera coming from these, from these people. I've been listening to in the last year or so. I've been listening to a lot of the opera on the and there is a lot of. And so I've been trying to make that happen. However, this, I don't have this. to because there's also if you if you click on the little Christmas tree switch in the lower corner, they all get like Santa Claus hats, oh. and the snow starts to fall. And you can actually have them singing. Uh, uh, they will actually sing. I should make something. I should make something I have to say, this really falls into the Venn diagram of things Andy likes. It's like this is the middle. <laughs> it's. 
with opera. Yeah. And yes, of course, uh, we would be thrilled to see the music that I'll just share it, it'll be fine for this one. looking forward to someone doing like you know, bat out of hell <laughs> paradise by the dashboard live i will say this is like why i'm really bummed that there was no google io this year again because this is the kind of stuff that you get to play with in person and it's pretty fun and um this is the good fun stuff i, I like I like the Google arts and culture stuff and I like that right. it's always interactive and not just like, here's a virtual tour of a museum. I mean, I appreciate the virtual tours of the museum, but like I would actually like to go to the Sit museum. Sit down, person, shut up you know? and start learning. Learn the stuff we want you to learn. Yeah. It's good for you. It's like, no, here's four adorable blobs that are just singing. Then you can. That's why you take field trips because they want you to go and put your hands on things. And so this is an opportunity to put your hands on things. Um, and... You know, this is a good, this is really good stuff for kids. Kind of teach them like different uh, pitches and singing, stuff like that. Like I didn't know what the difference between a tenor and soprano was until I moved in with one of my best friends in college and she was a trained opera singer. <laughs> that that must have been an interesting experience. There's, there's, yes. there's, there's, there's a lot of rehearsal and practice she's, involved. She's still one of my closest friends um, and I did not have an appreciation for music in that sense before I moved in with her. So admittedly, and she knows this, it was at times very like, hey, can you turn it down? But now <laughs> I have sort of adopted some of that. And so that's why I have smooth jazz going a lot. Smooth jazz is my my opera in the background. So that's my I like the coffee. I like the smoky coffee house vibe. There, there, yeah, there, there is sort of an endorphin thing going on where, especially when like there's, when there's snow falling outside or there's rain falling outside, there's something about having like an Art Blakely album going. Well, and we, and we lived in San Francisco and we lived in the sunset in, in the very uh, West. And so it was very foggy, dreary, drippy in the morning. And it was like, we would wake up and there was opera and it was very, it was very fitting for the environment outside. Um, so I, and I have to say one other thing I miss and that I look forward to when the open, the world opens again, they have family opera days at the San Francisco opera. Oh, cool. And it's like, it's a, it's a cheaper ticket and it's kid friendly and they have subtitles. So you kind of understand and they explain the plot line to you. Like they take little breaks. So (laughs) it's not just for kids. It's also for like adults like me who don't really who never really understood opera, but wanted somebody to kind of like explain it to them. And then it's a good, and it's afternoon too, which I also appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the late night showings are hard to do. Yeah. it's <laughs> uh, some, some people are a little bit surprised that like I got into opera a while ago and I, I try to explain to them that the opera is very metal. It's, there's a there's a production. There is a lot of, of sex and violence in opera. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> See that it's I, I we're, we're we're we need to wrap up soon, but yeah, I I uh, people are don't know that uh, 
uh, like when the America's Got Talent and the UK's Got Talent shows and all the, and they, 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 the, one of the stock characters is, oh, the 11 year old opera prodigy. She's just a tiny little girl, but she's singing like an opera star. Okay. First of all, she's not. Okay. She's, she knows how to do the vibrato, but that's fine. Okay. Again, she's, I'm just saying, I don't want her to blow out her voice at age 12 Fair. and not be able to sing anymore. That's why I think this is a problem. But she, so she's singing this song, but she has no idea that, Okay, um, I know that you're singing this song, or the producers want you to sing this song because this is like the 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 the, the song that like they always have, like the little twelve year old opera prodigy sing. Now you do know that in the opera this is taken from, you have just murdered your husband on your wedding bed. You have reappeared in front of the celebrants at your wedding reception. Your wedding gown stained in blood and gore, still holding the bloody knife, and you start singing this. You do know that, right? This isn't like a peppy. That's no. It's no. I mean, it's is this Carrie or an opera? (laughs) It's again, opera is very metal, Mm -hmm. and at times it's it really is a very very heavy metal sort of sort of uh, sort of thing. <sighs> N- Nessendorma, do you know do you know what the the opening act, the opening scene of that thing is? Some young prince getting his head cut off. I mean it. I, and I, and I don't mean that oh there's a scene that leads up to it. I mean overture, but like oh well who's that oh who's that princely looking person being led like from stage left to stage right? So then you hear this crash and like, oh, and now the person who was leading him is now holding his head and is showing him, showing it to the princess. Okay. Nessundorma. Oh, Nessundorma. That's another one. So what that, what, what that line is, ne- no one will sleep. None shall sleep. Right, right. That is, that is the princess's command to send all of his, all of her like armed, uh, armed guards throughout the village saying that, I we the the princess has ordered that I we are to slay everybody in the village. Yes, I know that she is your princess, but that's how much you if if you don't give up the, this piece of information that she absolutely demands yep, to have. We are under orders to kill you all. Nobody wow. sleeps until wow. somebody gives up this piece of information. But yeah, oh my God, you're you fill my heart with so much joy, you opera prodigy, like. <laughs> They're going to cut off the heads of innocents. Andrea Bocelli sang this song at the beginning of a soccer game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I'm saying, okay, li- well. like the song, enjoy the song, <laughs> but realize that if you think that this is all this froofy, like people in big wigs and like floofy, like handkerchiefs floating around, again, I reiterate opera is very, very metal when it wants to be. That was a that was a perfect way for us to end this episode, Andy. I feel as Thank though. You. And <laughs> so, but still, it's a heck of a song. I, uh, it's a head bopping tune for sure. Just make sure the head doesn't bop off your neck and into the gutter. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's, I think that's going to wrap it up for this yeah. week. So is there anything you would like to call people's attention to in the coming weeks that you're working on? I'm taking, I'm uh, kind of lightening my workload a little. I'm, I am and I'm not. Uh, but I'll be here with you, Andy, through the end of the year. So okay. everyone just tune in. We're we're gonna we're gonna help you through this. Exactly. We're gonna be we're gonna be here next week. We're gonna be here the week after that. 
we will we will get each other through if if we we, we all we're all going to hold hands and cross the finish line of 2020 together and yes we are i can i can think of nothing more pleasant than i agree oh ooh, and that's definitely an excuse for a cake i'm, I'm definitely going to be having a cake ready for our first that's show of 2021 i think you flow should get with cake and all the listeners i hope that you just make your plans don't even bake it yourself because that's actual We'll remind effort. you. We'll remind you. In the, we exactly. have two more shows before the end of the year, so we'll remind you before then. Exactly. So that but that gives you a lot of time to think about what kind of cake you want. Mm-hmm. Make it make it a good one because we're all mm-hmm. crossing this finish line together. Yep. Uh, as for me, uh, you can go to uh, w, uh, WGBHnews.org uh, for the uh, for the tech stuff that I do pretty much once a week. Uh, you can uh, stream it live or stream it later, most Thursdays at 1 p.m. Uh, and as always, go to Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on Instagram for whatever it is that I'm, I'm screwing around with. Uh, go to oh, that Flow to find out what uh, Flow is doing on Twitter. And as usual, feedback, go to relay.fm slash material for all of our show notes, past show notes to uh, tweet stuff at us, and also to become members, to buy memberships in the mighty relay.fm uh, organization to help us uh, support the podcast and the podcasters who make things happen. Well, that's going to be it for us for this week. We hope you're with us again next week. Until then, everybody have a wonderful seven days. Bye.